fact, we saw this in the Vancouver Sun a couple of days ago on the op-ed page. Quote, a doctor's office should be a one-stop shop for all of your health care needs. British Columbians should demand and expect the same level of care in their mental and behavioral health treatment as they can expect for their physical care. This is an opinion piece written by three British Columbia doctors, one of whom is our next guest. Dr. Simon Elterman is a registered psychologist here in BC and co-author of this piece that has us taking a look at something called primary care behavioral health. Dr. Elterman, good morning and welcome. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's great to have you with us, Simon. What is primary care behavioral health? It's a new concept here, but it's uh, it's a big deal in other parts of the world. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So here in BC, we don't really have it. Um, There have been a couple of pilot projects, but in the rest of the world, the standard of care is to take care of the whole person. So primary care behavioral health really looks at what are the things that we do, what are the ways that we think, and how can we manage things such as diet, sleep, and exercise, things like um, substance use, smoking, all those kinds of things that affect health, and how do we help doctors uh, where they are and how do we find patients where they're going, right? Because where people go is their primary care doctor whenever anything comes up. Right. So, you know, what happens, though, when you go to your primary care physician, if indeed, Simon, you're lucky enough to have one, and that's a whole other topic for conversation, but let's assume you do, and then you find Mm -hmm. out from your physician that you want to talk about a couple of things, and the doc says, look, by according to the rules, I'm actually really only supposed to talk to you about one issue per visit. That's the antithesis of primary care behavioral health, isn't it? It is. Well, and the thing is, if they have time for one thing, most things that come into primary care have some sort of psychosocial component. So how amazing would it be if the doctor could say, you know, it does sound like there's something that could use help from a psychologist or a behavioral health clinician. Hey, I have one just down the hall. I'm going to bring them in. I'm going to head over to my next appointment and I'm going to be able to see people in order. And what that actually does is it decreases wait times, right? Because doctors can spend a little bit of time and if they need to hand it off to a psychologist or behavioral health consultant, they can do that. And by going to the next person, they're able to save time, free up their schedule and see more people. So it would require, though, a cultural change at the top, wouldn't it, Dr. Elterman? Because if the current regime is that it's, it's really one issue per visit, please, because you've only got 15 minutes and you really need to just deal with the primary issue uh, at the moment. If that's the directive that's currently at play, there's a massive cultural change going to be required here. I don't think it's going to be huge with, with the physicians, right? Because everywhere that this model is in place, the physicians love it, right? They're really quick to, to take it on because it really helps out their practice. Sure. Um, when, it, when it comes to culture change, I mean, British Columbia has the chance to be really leaders in Canada, right? Right now in, in Nova Scotia, they recently approved um, psychologists to be a part of MSP, but they're having a problem with it. So our proposal uh, that we have in government, it's called the Primary Care Psychologist or the PC Psych Proposal, um, lets us be the leaders and it lets us be contracted um, outside of MSP so that we can be able to help people both within our health authority and by telehealth. So the cultural shift isn't going to happen uh, among the doctors. It's going to be among the people who 
create the health care policy, which is the government. I agree with you completely because there, I think the whole matter of not being able to discuss a more holistic approach to your health uh, per visit and instead limiting the conversation to whatever is bothering you the most, most physicians would welcome an opportunity to, to widen a conversation beyond that, wouldn't they? Uh, you know, and it's more than just my, uh, you know, anecdotal experience. I have worked in primary care for the last few years, but we have tons of research that says that physicians love it, nurses love it, um, you know, all of the admin love it, and um, we have that data. And, you know, the thing is, it, it really doesn't take a lot to be able to come in and and say, you know, this is something that can not be a burden, right? Because that's the worry when we talk to doctors is they say, we don't want another form to fill out. We don't want another kind of piece of admin. Right. But really what physicians find is that it really makes their jobs a lot easier. And that's what we want. And you talk about this scenario, you and your co-authors talk about this whole primary care behavioral health concept, brand new to British Columbia, is already a reality in places like Australia, New, New Zealand, the UK, thousands of health centers across the United States. It is a thing. It's established. There's lots of successful data to point towards. So, again, the pointing has to be done at the policymaking level, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, in my mind, I might be a little bit biased, but I think the data is undeniable. I'm a kind of data person. You know, you even look a couple of hours to the south in Washington, and they between, I think they have set in um, Community Health of Central Washington, they have 17 providers, and they saw tens of thousands of people, right? And so we could help a ton of people, and they saved their healthcare system money. Just in 2022 alone, they saved their one kind of a small group of, of healthcare centers in central Washington, uh, almost a million dollars, right? So um, the idea that it's going to cost us a lot, that's the main uh, issue that comes up with the government is that, you know, we're worried about the cost, right? Mm, sure. And, you know, in, in almost in 90 to 95% of all healthcare organizations that utilize this model around the world, they find cost savings, right? And when we look at beyond the cost savings in terms of dollar amounts, if we're to go back in time and look at, all the things that British Columbians go through, whether it's overdose or mental health or addiction, right? Even if we take out the, the cost that it's going to save um, taxpayers money, is it really worth the, the, the cost, right? Is it worth it not to do this? Right. When you look at all the things that are happening in British Columbia and all the people that we could help. And you take a look, too, at the, some changing trends. Uh, the new majority council in the city of Vancouver got elected because they said they were going to, among many other things, uh, they were going to integrate social workers with police officers to deal with the situations that police officers are ill-trained to handle. Uh, but that's an extra cost. Taxes are going up as a result of it, perhaps. But they got voted it in with a majority because that's what they said they wanted to do so clearly it is doable at the municipal level and if if so uh, the provincial level should be uh, also equally uh, accomplishable wouldn't you think totally and and you know the thing is the 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 province came out with their budget um a couple of days ago and they they put in a huge amount of money into uh, mental health and addiction and yes. all this kind of stuff and, and we love to see it right they're really putting forth the best effort and what they're doing is they're putting in a lot more beds they're doing a lot more complex care and what we're saying is you know we want to help people before this becomes an issue right we want to help people when the issue is first presenting itself when people go to primary care rather than when they are in what we call tertiary care right when they need the most amount of treatment so what we're saying is you know you can kind of spread it out right you can have 
um, this tertiary care, you know, the redfish model is fantastic, but we also want to help the people who don't have these really uh, complex, significant problems. We want, you know, if your kid has issue with anxiety in school, right, because you just moved from another province to be able to talk to someone right away at your family doctor's because that's where we know people are going. If you're having issues because you're feeling a little bit sad, you know, you want to, or if you're having issues with kind of alcohol use behind the scenes, right. we want to be able to help you right when it happens rather than downstream when we need to have a bed for you in, in a place like Redfish. Indeed. So, so I, I agree. It, I think the provincial government definitely has their heart in the right place. They really care and they really show that they care. And when we have met with them, they say, this is a really great idea, but we need to be able to help the people who really need it, but we also need to help the people before it becomes a big problem. Indeed. And like I said before, we have the chance to do that. Excellent. Dr. Elterman, thanks for this. Appreciate your giving us an opportunity to understand a little bit more about what primary care behavioral health is. Let's hope it happens soon in British Columbia. Thanks for this this morning, Simon. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much.